Alright guys, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. I am Just a Guy. We're going to do our run it back, guys. We're going to run it back from all the Sunday action, give you a couple thoughts I had, and review, or preview, I should say, the game tonight in between the Chargers and the Jets. But let's kick it off where the NFL kicked it off in uh, Frankfurt, Germany, with the Miami Dolphins visiting the Kansas City Chiefs, who was also visiting, but it was a home game for them. We saw the Chiefs take this one down 21-14. All right. This game was much more of a defensive game than I think anybody expected to be. I think everybody expected some fireworks, and we didn't get any. We saw the Chiefs score 21 points in the first half and go quiet for the second, and then we saw the Dolphins go quiet in the first half and score 14 points in the second. Main thing that I took out of this one, guys, Miami's got some work to do. They're they're starting to kind of get the stigma that they're not showing up for big games against big teams. Uh, Buffalo, they lost to. They lost to the Eagles. And they've now lost to the Chiefs. Chiefs handled Tyreek Hill. Held him to 62 yards uh, uh, receiving. Tua didn't have a bad game, but definitely didn't light up the scoreboard like we thought. Raheem Moster was uh, was the killer for, for Miami in so many words. Um, especially on the last drive, he had a couple good runs. He had 85 yards and a touchdown. I'm just kind of shocked that Miami... I mean, Miami's bread and butter, I know that is the passing a little bit too, but they, they go through the run game, and the run game just never seemed to materialize for them. And I don't know if that's from the Chiefs doing it or whichever, but I think Miami's future has to go a little bit more with the run. It's going to free up some more. It's the play action's going to work a little bit better. But that's just that's just my thought. Now K- Kansas City in the other half of the game, guys. Good team this year. Defense is keeping them in a lot of games when the offense is not necessarily up to par. Now, I'm not going to say that I mean Chiefs are winning games, so what are we supposed to do? We can't take that away from them. They're not Lighting up. They're not that offensive juggernaut that they have been in the last couple years. Which is, the defense is showing up right at the right time when they need them the most. But they are definitely not that offensive juggernaut that we've seen before. I mean, Mahomes had 185 yards passing, two touchdowns. Kelsey only had 14 yards receiving. The thing about having Travis Kelsey, and only Travis Kelsey sometimes, is teams are going to start, I mean, triple covering him. Uh, they're bumping him off the line. They're throwing a safety at him. They're throwing a linebacker at him. They're throwing everything at him. So they got to have somebody else step up, and they really have it. I mean, now it's not for Mahomes. He's targeting 11 different wide receivers, and nine of them made receptions. So they're they're definitely spreading the ball around. They're trying to figure it out. But does this team have enough to beat a Cincinnati? I don't know. Or, or Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore is showing up really good here too, guys. Do do we think that Kansas City's offense can keep up with Baltimore's offense? Cincinnati's offense? I don't know. I don't think so. We'll have to wait and see. They're going to get the opportunities to play all these teams. But right now, Kansas City handling Miami. But it looks like Miami doesn't show up to these big games. And KC does what it does. Takes care of business. But I'm really curious against the other offensive juggernauts how KC's going to hold up. All right, let's go on to another game from the morning. 
which was Arizona visiting the Cleveland Browns. Guys, there's not much to talk about here. It it happened like what we thought. Uh, Arizona started Clayton Toon, and they only put up 58 total yards of offense. <laughs> that's that's just abysmal, if that's the way to put it. I mean, I don't even know if abysmal was enough to describe it. They're running backs. I think they're on their four-string guy, so that wasn't much of a help either. I don't. I mean, I totally get that Murray, this was not the game to bring back Kyler Murray. It's on the road in Cleveland. Cleveland's got a great defense. You don't bring him back this game. I think he's awfully close. But with that pass rush and everything that Cleveland has, they had seven sacks, two interceptions, and a fumble. I mean, Kyler could have easily done that on his first game back too. So I I, I agree with Arizona not starting Kyler Murray if if the, the the thing is to start Kyler Murray probably next week at home against the Falcons, which is a much easier game to kind of ease into, I would think. And like I said, Cleveland just took care of business. We saw Deshaun Watson return, 219 yards and two touchdowns. And of course, with Deshaun Watson returning, we saw Amari Cooper go off again. Five receptions on five targets for 139 yards and a touchdown. So Cleveland... If you can keep Deshaun Watson healthy, if Deshaun Watson can stay on the field with that defense, you guys are a possible playoff team. I can't take it away from them. Cleveland's a pretty decent team, guys. And I think their offense can do just enough, if not more, to keep that defense growing too. They had a horrible game earlier this season against the Baltimore Ravens. They get a chance to redeem themselves next week. So... They got the Ravens next week. Let's see. This is the time to prove it, Cleveland. Time to go out there and prove it to everybody. Just see if your defense is the way to go. And your offense is clicking on the right things with Deshaun Watson. All right. Let's go to a big surprise game, I think, for a lot of people, which was Minnesota beating the Atlanta Falcons 31-28. Now, from the Minnesota side of things, Josh Jobs came in already. Already. Jaron Hall went out, uh, I think, with a concussion. Didn't look uh, didn't look bad before that, but he got hit, kind of running the ball, trying to run the ball in the end zone. Josh Dobbs, who didn't take a snap with the first team offense all week, Dobbs does what Dobbs does, and that's go in and play competitive NFL football. I mean, he led him back. The Vikings were down. He led him back. He had 158 yards uh, passing with two touchdowns. Like I said, he didn't even take a snap with a with the offense all week. He didn't even know any of the guys' names. It, it's just crazy. Um, good for Josh Dobbs. This is the third team in under a season, really, because he got pulled in from the Tennessee Titans at, and asked to start at the end of last year. Then he got pulled to Arizona like a week before the season started and, and played there, and now got pulled to Minnesota. Didn't even have any practice time with, with Minnesota. Barely knew the playbook and went in there and won for him. So my hat's off to Josh Dobbs because that's just something that you don't see all the time. Now, on the reverse side real quick, Atlanta. Atlanta is, is I think they're in trouble now, guys. I mean, they switched up to Taylor Heineke, which I, I was calling for in this. I didn't think Desmond Ritter was the answer. I'm not saying Taylor Heineke's the answer, too. But... When your leading receiver is Jonu Smith, and I love Jonu Smith, don't get me wrong, but man, where are all these skill position players? Kyle Pitts, where are you? I mean, he had four receptions on five targets for 56 yards. B. 
Bijan Robinson, I think he had about 40, 50 yards re- rushing. No, I don't even know what he had receiving. I didn't even look. They have too many skill position players to be wasting their time and, you know, spinning their wheels, it feels like. feels like every week they go down, they score late, and then the, something happens. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think Atlanta might be in trouble. I think Arthur Smith might... He might be in a little bit more trouble than we think, guys. I, I hate to say it. I'm just, I'm not seeing that much firepower from that offense. And I mean, I know that's Heineke's first start, but he started in this league before. We'll just have to see. I, I just think that there's there's some troublesome worry in uh, Atlanta. And I think it's going to just keep bubbling up. So get ready, guys. There's something to keep an eye on. All right. Let's go to a game where we saw Seattle Seahawks visit the Baltimore Ravens to get their doors blown off, 37-3. Not much to say here, guys. Seattle, I, I know they don't travel to the East Coast great, especially Baltimore, kind of Maryland area. And Baltimore has a pretty good uh, streak against NFC teams. And that's basically all I could say. Seattle just barely showed up for this game. They were 0-1 in the red zone. Uh, you know, we saw Baltimore... He had to get four sacks. Lamar Jackson, 187 yards in the air. Zero touchdowns rushing or passing. But, you know, Gus Edwards had two rushing. The only thing is Lamar Jackson had another fumble. Now I know they won 37-3. to But, Lamar, you got to hold on to that football. Especially if you guys are becoming what I think you're becoming. And that is a true team to threaten for the AFC Championship. I really believe the Ravens are on that path. They they believe that they're on that path. They've got a great defense. But man, I just hope that they can start to limit the turnovers. I'm not saying it's every game, but Lamar Jackson with those fumbles. And I mean, I guess it's something you maybe take, or, take it or leave it with Lamar Jackson because he provides so much of a spark the other way. But those fumbles concern me, especially if it's going to be in a big game. And they've got a big game coming up against Cleveland. So they get to prove it to see they're one of the classes of the uh, AFC next week against their AFC North opponent. All right, guys. We had, next up, we had the Chicago Bears visit the New Orleans Saints. Bears actually hung around in this game, lost, though, 24-17. One of the main factors why they lost was five turnovers from Tyson Bajan. Three interceptions and a fumble. Actually, I'm sorry, four turnovers from him, five turnovers as a team. I, I I, mean, I don't think Fields could come back soon enough. I think we've seen the Bajan thing play out. He's definitely not a bad guy, definitely not a bad competitor. Has he hit his ceiling? I kind of believe so. But, you know, turn over the ball five times, that's what's going to happen. Chicago did have 364 total yards of offense, so that was really nice to see. But they couldn't, they couldn't stop New Orleans, especially when it counted. I mean, Taysom Hill is is that Swiss Army knife for New Orleans that just kind of took us down. They, he rushed the ball 11 times uh, for 52 yards. He threw a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. It, just, it was all over the place for New Orleans. But I think Justin Fields is coming back soon for Chicago, I think even in this game against Carolina. So, and if you see that, I think you might see the Bears' offense move in a different direction. Hey, I like the Tyson Bajan story, but I think... It's run its course. All right, guys. Now to the surprise high-scoring game in between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Houston Texans. My goodness, 39-37 was the final. And you want to talk about uh, 
a backdoor cover, if you will, which uh, I had Tampa Bay plus three. I think Tampa Bay started off at plus two and a half. And at the end of the game, Houston kneeled the ball on a two-point conversion rather because their kicker was hurt. So they only won by two. So that helped Tampa Bay cover. So that one was the first surprising thing. The other surprising thing about this game, welcome to league CJ Stroud. 470 yards passing with five touchdowns. My goodness, Tampa Bay. That is just crazy. Now, Tampa Bay scored on a late fourth fourth quarter drive. Left 49 seconds. They were up. But that wasn't enough to stop C.J. Stroud. He just walked right down there in 40 seconds and scored. It was pretty crazy. I mean, C.J. Stroud was the talk of this game. It was pretty insane with that. Holy smokes, 470 yards. So, I we'll see if Houston can keep this up. I was kind of surprised. I thought Tampa Bay would take that down. But when you play zero defense, it looks like that's what happens. All right, next up, guys. Not a surprise in this uh, following game. We had the Los, Los Angeles Rams visit the Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay took this one down twenty to three. I mean, this is what we, this is what we thought. No Stafford, no Stafford. So the Rams really no offense, none. One hundred thirty yards from Brett Rippon and an interception. I mean, their defense did okay for the Rams. They had four sacks and two fumble recoveries. But I mean, the question for these Rams, and they got to be thinking about it soon. What is your future? Because Stafford might not be playing forever. And I mean, not might even be playing next year. He's getting up there. These injuries are starting to pile up for him. He takes a lot of hits. And I just think that they got to start planning because without Stafford, they got no real offense. Now, Green Bay on the reverse side, they definitely ran the ball a little bit better. 73 yards rushing for Jones. Dylan had 40 yards rushing. But that passing game is still suspect. Very suspect. But, you know, they beat the they beat the Rams, but it wasn't really that great of a game. But Packers, you did what you were supposed to do. You beat up the team that you were supposed to. So, moving right along, guys. We had the Washington Commanders visiting the New England Patriots. Sam Howell for the Washington Commanders had three, 325 yards passing, touchdown and interception. That's like his third game with 300 passing yards and probably like... He's had another two or three where he was right under 300 yards. I mean, this, it, this the problem on the team isn't Sam Howell. He's trying everything he can. They had 431 yards of total offense. They got to protect him. He's just getting beat up. That's part of the problem. Maybe if you protect him, you'll win more. Now, it was a good win for Washington because I thought, especially with the trades, that they might be packing it in, that you might see the, the start of the collapse. But they didn't. They didn't collapse. They held on, of course, with the two trades of those two good defensive linemen. We saw the Washington Commanders get zero sacks and zero QB hits. So their line's definitely going to suffer for it. And New England on this side of the things, guys, I mean, there's nothing wow about this team. There really isn't. Mac Jones, 220 yards passing. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had 87 yards on the ground, which was great. And, and Smith-Schuster, there was a Smith-Schuster sighting, just a uh, heads up, guys, 51 yards. But there's nothing wow about this team. There really isn't. And I just wonder if it's not going to move to the way that uh, the news is kind of coming out that that Belichick might be parting ways with this team and the team might be parting ways with Belichick. It just, it just seems like that formula just isn't the winning formula in New England anymore. Not to say it can't win someplace, but it just, it's not... 
it's one week good, one week bad. One week good, and I'm not, even when they're good, it's not like it's, it's unbelievable. All right, guys, moving right along. We had the Indianapolis Colts face the Carolina Panthers. And we saw the Colts take this one down 27-13. Now, I heard that this was a revenge game for Frank Reich. I never believed in that. I thought the Colts would take care of business, and they did. And the main reason, the main reason why I think the Colts took care of business in this game, and I've been saying it on the pod for the last couple weeks, Gardner Minshew. Now, he didn't light up the stats. 129 yards in the air and a touchdown. But here's the key. Zero interceptions and zero fumbles. So that means zero turnovers for Gardner Minshew. And that's what they have to do to win. Now, their defense definitely helped out with having two pick sixes against Carolina. But I'll tell you what. Colts can put up some points, and the Colts can can threaten a lot, especially if Gardner Minshew doesn't turn the ball over. So maybe they took a step in the right direction. On Carolina's side, guys, they need some weapons badly. Bryce Young, 173 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Thielen just had their their main uh, wide receiver had 29 yards receiving. They need weapons badly. They got no run game to speak of. They got C.J. Hubbard uh, running back there. They signed Miles Sanders. That's been a bust of a sign. They need some wide receivers, and I know they traded D.J. Moore to get the first overall pick to get Bryce Young. They need some help. They need some help on that offense because they it's it just there's nothing wow another another nothing wow team about their offense for sure. All right, guys. Next up, we saw the Giants visiting the Las Vegas Raiders and the Raiders taking business just like I told you they would. You fire the coach, and you see this happen sometimes. Uh, Raiders took care of business thirty to six. Now Giants, they did lose Daniel Jones in the first uh, first quarter. Looks like they uh, fear that he might have tore his ACL. Now, he just got back from a neck injury after missing three games, and he just tore his ACL. So, oh, the Giants season, such a reverse of what it was last year where they were winning some games, playing some good offense, you know, playing tight. They are just not there anymore. Um, Offense had to rely on uh, Tommy DeVito, who put up 175 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But that touchdown came way late in the third quarter. When the Raiders were up handedly, I think like 20 something to, you know, zero. So they didn't really care at that point. The interesting story, too, I wanted to talk about this real quick, guys, was the story that Jay Glazer broke about Antonio Pierce and Josh McDaniels and the little interaction um, in a team meeting. So if you guys haven't heard it, I'll preface this real quick. There was a players' meeting with the coaches about a week before Josh McDaniels left is how the story I heard goes. And the players unloaded on Josh McDaniels. Unloaded on him. Just all their frustrations, what's going on, they're, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's every player from captain to captain to captain, everybody very upset. And then Josh McDaniels did not respond. He had Antonio Pierce talk on his behalf. And Antonio Pierce uh, went on to talk about culture and making a culture about it doesn't matter who you play, you know, you have the thought that you're going to win. And he referred to the Giants 07 team that ended up beating the Patriots and how they believed that they could beat anybody and, you know, they took down the mighty Patriots. Well, right after the meeting, Josh McDaniels went up to Antonio Pierce supposedly and told him to never talk about the Patriots like that. Never talk about the Patriots like that. 
And it just kind of goes to show you guys. And then supposedly it showed the it gets went all the way up to the owner and showed the big rift in the locker room. Blah 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 blah. I just think it shows goes to show you one thing. Josh McDaniels has no business being a head coach in this league. He didn't have he didn't have any business doing it in Denver, and he certainly didn't have any business getting the second chance in Las Vegas. I'm sorry to say, I think the Colts. A couple years ago when they were about to sign him and and he changed his mind. I think that was... I think they lucked out. Because I think he would have went into the Colts organization and blown it up just much like he blew up every other organization. Because that's what he did in Las Vegas. I went over this last week. He got in there. Hey, this quarterback... I don't like this quarterback. He doesn't run my system. Get rid of him. You know, he just... He's a clown. Sorry. He's a great offensive coordinator. Probably nice guy. He has no business being a head coach in this league. And I think the Raiders went on to prove that with Antonio Pierce and uh, playing hard for him. And I'm not going to say that Antonio Pierce is the answer for him. I like Antonio Pierce a lot. I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to get a fair shot to be a head coach, especially of this team. And especially if that defense keeps playing the way it did. Eight sacks, my goodness. Nine QB hits. But we'll see. Like I said, guys, that's the main thing I took from that story. It, It was a crazy story. But it just shows you, Josh McDaniels has no business being a head coach. Because a head coach shouldn't do that. Number one, and I'm just shocked that a head coach has to get unloaded on by his team because they're so frustrated with him. I think that goes to show you something, too, about him. All right, guys, move right along. Big game of the afternoon. Dallas Cowboys visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. This is what I thought it was going to be, a shootout. But in the home team won. And, and Philly covered. That's what I thought would happen. And I'll tell you what. Here in a couple weeks when when De- Philly visits Dallas, I think Dallas is going to win that game. I really do. I think that this, these two te- these two games are going to go to the home team. I mean, Dallas had, had a great game. Dak Prescott did have a great game. Their offense was moving the ball. It just, they came up short a couple times. One on the overturn catch uh, by, the, by the tight end right on the one. That they called a touchdown, then they overturned and said he didn't break the plane. And then you saw Dak Prescott on a two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. He stepped out of bounds, like, right on the, on the like, two. And that's that's pretty much all that it was, enough to take it down, guys. I mean, Philly did a good job. It's not like they lit up the offensive uh, stats. Hurts had 270 yards passing and two touchdowns. But the main thing is they kept running the ball, kept committing to it. Slowing it down, long drives, and the other thing, and they capitalized when they needed to. Dallas did not. They had a couple long drives in the second half that ended up with zero points. And that's not going to be enough to win, especially against the Eagles, guys. They're going to wear you down, especially in the second second half. But Dak, if you keep putting up 361 yards of uh, passing and CeeDee Lamb, 178 yards receiving, you guys are going to be just fine. I think Dallas... Should definitely worry Philly, especially when they go down there in a couple weeks, I think. But other than that, Philly took care of business. Dallas added another loss to their to their record. All right, guys, to the evening game, which was the Buffalo Bills versus Cincinnati Bengals. Guys, main thing in this one, Cincinnati pretty much in control of the game the whole time. I mean, yes, it was it, the Cincinnati went down, scored. And then Bills answer right back with 7-7. Seven to seven, And Josh Allen did that ridiculous point at the defender thing. 
I don't even know why he's doing that. I <laughs> And Cincinnati took care of business after that. I mean, it was 21-7 at half, and it never really felt close. I mean, Bills added a field goal early in the third quarter and then did, you know, added a late touchdown to to make, bring this score closer than it really was. This this wasn't a close game. Cincinnati was in control the whole time. Cincinnati after their slow start is off and rolling again. Burrow 348 yards in the air, two touchdowns. He had eight different receivers, guys. Jamar Chase had a very quiet day for this for Cincinnati playing so well though. Four receptions on eight targets for 41 yards now we did see t higgins go off for 110 yards receiving but they controlled it the whole time whole time one thing that i can say about buffalo and i hope that they start to look at this dalton kincaid is starting to become a weapon for you guys and i like that because it's going to make people think that it's not just stefan diggs slash gabe davis he had 10 receptions on 11 targets for 81 yards and he had a fumble, but he got uprooted and almost like helicoptered. And of course, a ball popped out. Can't blame the guy for that one. It was a tough tackle. But he is becoming a great pass catcher for Josh Allen. They, they should keep working him into the offensive scheme. It gives the Bills offense one more weapon that people can have to plan for. They can't just plan for Stefan Diggs then. Now, here's the other thing about the Buffalo Bills. And I want them to realize that Josh Allen ran the ball eight times for 44 yards. He was their leading rusher. The other two combined running backs rushed the ball a total of eight times. Now, I know that the Bills are down in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, down, down. Okay, that's great. You weren't down the whole freaking first half. Like, you know, getting your doors blown off. It was a 14-7 game for a really long time. I just think the Bills got to commit a little bit more to the run because nobody cares. Nobody cares. Okay, Josh Allen's going to get 40 yards rushing on me. I'd take it all day because it probably just means that I'm covering his wide receivers and he's just scrambling for his life for 40 yards. Who cares? The Bills offense needs to have some things to make people think and they don't have enough to make people think. They cover the wide receivers. They've got the Dalton Kincaid that's starting to come out, but I'm not seeing a lot of wow from Buffalo, guys. I'm really not, and I think that they're in trouble. They don't have an easy slate of games coming on up, okay? They got the, I mean, minus the Broncos. You could say the Broncos were whichever, but the Broncos have been playing a little bit better football, and they got them on Monday night in Denver. Sometimes Denver's not an easy place to play, so you got Denver. Okay, let's just say that they win that one. Then they've got the Jets, the Eagles, a bye week, and the Chiefs. Now, if they go 2-2, two and two, I think that's a huge win for them. I could absolutely see them going 1-3 and three in this, these next four games. I hate to say it. I just can't. I think Buffalo's in trouble. But we'll have to see. Since he's on its way up trajectory, Buffalo, I think, is on its way down. Buffalo's the third in the division right now. Especially, you've got to see what the Jets do tonight. And speaking of tonight... We have the Chargers visiting the Jets. Let's go over a couple things that I like in this one, guys. Well, number one, let's pick the money line. I like the Jets in this one. I think the Jets uh, are going to play tough at home. They play a good style of defense, and I think it's going to cause Justin Herbert some havoc. Uh, so I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets plus 3.5, and, and I am taking the under 39.5. I think it's going to be a low-scoring a, a game like the Jets like to do. I think the Jets are going to try to run the football a lot. 
And I think Justin Herbert is going to have his hands full. A couple props that I like because I'm going to start delving into some of these for you guys. So like I was saying, I think the Jets are going to cause Justin Herbert some havoc. So Justin Herbert over .5 interceptions, minus 110. Take that all day. Justin Herbert will probably throw an interception before the first half is over. He'll probably have multiple in this game. Just a heads up. He gets a little loose with the football. I think his receivers are kind of coming on up, but his Jets defense is hungry. I think they're going to get pressure on him. I think he's going to make a bad throw. Garrett Wilson, 70-plus yards receiving, minus 105. Take that one all day. I think Garrett Wilson will get at least 70 yards. He's their main weapon on the offense. They feed it to him all day long. I would take that. Another one, guys. Now, this is for the Chargers side. Because I think they're going to cover Keenan Allen really well. I think you want to look at Quinton Johnston, who's starting to kind of, he was a first-round pick. He's just starting to kind of crack that offensive scheme a little bit more for for Kellen Moore there. 40-plus yards receiving, plus 130. I'm going to take that one too, guys. I think he's, I mean, we're talking about 40 yards for a receiver. I think they're going to cover Keenan Allen really well. I think you might see Quinton Johnston more in this one. Another one that I like in this one, guys, the under of the first half, 19.5, plus 102. Take it. That's good money. I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I could definitely see it being a 7-0 game at halftime, if not a 7-3. So 19.5 points isn't a lot. I get it. But even if it's 14-3, you're under. So just take that first half under, guys. I'm going to. There's my picks, guys. There's the run it back. Tomorrow, we're going to run it back from the Monday night game. I'm going to give you my post-week nine power rankings, guys. But other than that, just the guy talking football podcast with PJ Janky. And I am out.